The Allergy Mom podcast is not intended to provide listeners with medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Individuals with health problems should always consult their health care provider for professional medical advice, medications, or treatments. Reliance on any information provided during this podcast is done solely at your own risk. You're listening to the Allergy Mom podcast hosted by Melissa Scheichel, an educator, advocate, speaker, author, counselor, and best of all, allergy mom. Subscribe now for the latest news, tips, hot topics, and answers to your questions and concerns about living a life with allergies. Now, here's your host, Melissa Scheichel. Welcome to episode number one of the Allergy Mom podcast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this has been a project in the making for years. And I was on a phone call with one of my best friends yesterday, who is a senior HR uh, Strengths Finder coach. And we were chatting about projects that I have on the go and where I'm limiting myself, where I'm holding myself back. And this podcast has definitely been something that I've been dragging my feet on. And we chatted about why, why that would be. And really, it's my perfectionism (laughs) kicking in and wanting it to be just perfect, spending way too long editing my interviews and uh, wanting it to be so great that it was delaying me from getting it out there. So here I am and I'm like, let's just do this. Let's kick it off get this thing going and it will be a work in progress. So here it is, the debut episode of the Allergy Mom podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and I'd like to start by introducing myself. My name is Melissa Scheichel. I'm a mom to two children, both who have allergies. And back in 2010, My world was completely rocked with uh, my daughter having life-threatening anaphylactic food allergies. So I decided that I would create a website called theallergymom.com. And I did that because I found the whole experience so overwhelming with the diagnosis and the changes that had to happen in our lives to accommodate having a child with severe food allergies. My son, Andrew, who was born in 2004, had a lot of environmental stuff, which was also really challenging, and we're going to talk a lot about that on the upcoming episodes with air quality and dusts and dog mite, stander, all of it. We will get into those, Uh, but really the food allergies in anaphylaxis um, really turn things upside down. You go to a doctor... You get a diagnosis, you leave with an EpiPen, but really no clue on how to manage day-to-day life. And so I had to go through it basically on my own and I felt very isolated, I felt very anxious, and I really had no idea what to do. Um, And so, you know, my, my inclination, my intention for creating The Allergy Mom was If I can give anybody out there help, if I can be a source of support for anyone else who is newly diagnosed with a child with food allergies, then that could make their life easier. And, you know, sharing my story has connected with me with so many people in this community. And that's a beautiful thing. 
I remember at the time wondering who was going to read my story and what would become of this website, if anyone. And over the years, I mean, it's 10 years later now, I am just blown away by the connections, by the people who have reached out. It's been brands and products and services, businesses. It has been schools and daycare providers and people that educate those people, uh, raising the bar in Peel region for educating their daycare and preschool providers. It has been teachers, parents, caregivers, day camps, summer camps, uh, really anyone who deals with children with allergies. It has been pharmaceutical companies. When Allergect and AlviQ were being launched, I connected with the CEO in Canada of Sanofi, and uh, they consulted with me on launching a new epinephrine auto-injector. So really, the amount of connections that I've made um, has just blown me away and has created this virtual international community of people who are like-minded and want to support each other in supporting those with food allergies. One of the most amazing things that has come out of all of this uh, through social media, through my website, was an invitation a few years ago to a movie premiere in Beverly Hills. And it was a food allergy documentary film. And I laughed. I laughed when I received the invitation. Oh, yeah, sure. I will head to Beverly Hills for a weekend for a movie premiere. And uh, it, it seemed a bit outrageous. And guess what? I did. And I brought Kate, my daughter, for her birthday. And we went to Beverly Hills. And that is a whole episode in itself, really just sharing what happened. Uh, little spoiler, we ended up being connected through a family who had followed me on Instagram and social media, Facebook, reached out and said, if you're coming to Southern California, you need to find this doctor, Dr. Randawa. He is doing revolutionary treatments. Uh, fast forward to, to today. Kate has been in this treatment through Southern California Food Allergy Institute uh, for the past uh, year and a half, I guess it would be, and is almost done. So I have a lot to share. Some of the things that I want to share with this podcast, uh, really, it's how to manage day to day. It's ages and stages. So it started out with having a baby. I was nursing Kate when I found out that she had food allergies and so I literally had to change what I was eating in order to keep my baby safe. Uh, we're going to talk about you know all the new guidelines around introducing allergens to babies with um, you know ready set food and their products that they're launching and the research that's come out of Israel on the benefits of feeding allergies to your babies. We're going to talk about the toddler stage when everything goes in their mouth and there's freedom and that was a really crazy overwhelming time. We will look at school age and mediating between home and school. That's something that causes a lot of angst and I get a lot of emails and questions from parents about uh, when their child is starting school and how to keep their child safe at school and so many things that come up um, with school age children camps, summer camps, extracurricular programs, lots of things to talk about there. 
Then we get into tweens and teens. And just when you think you've mastered this whole food allergy parent journey, you have a tween or a teen in your house. And there's a lot more independence, a little bit of attitude, <laughs> if I'm being honest, maybe a lot, and uh, high-risk behaviors. So we will get into some episodes on that. And young adults, as your tween and teen goes into dating, goes into getting a job, getting more independence, wanting to hang out with their friends, high-risk behaviors. Next thing you know, they're off to college, university, or living on their own. And that's another stage. So definitely we'll be having episodes on ages and stages. You know, there are so many health things. Uh, this is a physical health issue. But there's also a huge emotional component to this. So, uh, you know, just to kind of go back to introductions here with me, I am a teacher. I have my bachelor degree in education as well as a master's degree in education. I have worked in the school board for a number of years. And realizing as I got into this work advocating for food allergies and launched The Allergy Mom, how much of an emotional component there was in this how much um, you know we went through personally as a family we've gone through anxiety the trauma and the grief of a new diagnosis of severe reactions and hospital visits uh, you know some levels of depression in understanding that this is going to mean a very different life for your child there was a lot of loss and grief with that for me uh, in, in a loss of normalcy, a divorce, um, family stresses, extended family stresses. There's so much uh, as far as interpersonal relationships and emotional components. So I actually have a bachelor degree in psychology and I went back to school for uh, psychotherapy through the Ontario Psychotherapy and Counseling Program for two years. Uh, so that I could counsel people and become a therapist. Realizing that that was at the time not a regulated health profession, I decided to switch over and do a master's degree in social work so that I would be um, someone that might be able to support people with their benefits and uh, just to get some more education there. So I am able to offer counseling and therapy services and... Um, and really plan to have a lot of content on this podcast dealing with the emotional sides of it. I get a lot of emails from parents of their children having anxiety. They have anxiety as parents. Um, it's normal, right? You, you have a life-threatening illness or life-threatening health issue. You're going to have fear. You're going to have grief. You're going to have trauma. Uh, I have had interviews that I will be sharing with you with families who have lost a child due to food allergies and you know that can be really difficult to hear but you know learning from them uh, and their advocacy efforts to make sure that no other child has to go through and no other family has to go through what they went through. I want to talk a lot about day-to-day -day life, uh, your kitchen, you know what you bring into your kitchen. So grocery shopping could be an episode in itself, reading ingredient labels and how I've used uh, different things that you'll find on an ingredient label like kosher labeling and allergy warning statements and 
different terms and things that you can look for to help make grocery shopping easier, to help make your kitchen safer for your child with food allergies. We're going to talk a lot about recipes. Uh, as an allergy mom, you spend a lot of time preparing your own food. Lord knows I have made things that I would have probably never made if it wasn't for Kate's allergies. I've made wonton soup from scratch. I've made samosas, garam masala, different foods that, um, you know, normally I might have bought pre-made or pre-prepared and had to make them from scratch so that they could be safe for her. And I'm going to help you to modify your recipes and to provide you with ingredient substitutions so that you can make your cultural foods or your traditional foods or some of your favorite recipes safe for your child or your family member with food allergies. I also want to have a question and answer period where I'm regularly sharing questions from listeners, from social media followers about allergy related topics and I will do my best to answer those and if I can't or to supplement my answer I will be reaching out to experts who can uh, or are better equipped to answer your questions. I also want to do product spotlights and share some of my favorite allergy safe brands, products, services, things that have made my life easier and I want to talk to the people behind those businesses. It is a very competitive marketplace and when you are a niche business that deals with a very you know, limited section of the population, such as food allergy sufferers, it's competitive, it's hard. Uh, it's especially hard in these times. At the time of this recording, we're going through a pandemic, and so small businesses are really struggling. And so I want to really celebrate the people that have passionately gone into business to serve our community and to do our best to support them because we need them and anything that makes our lives easier is a wonderful thing. So thank you so much for tuning into this first episode. I encourage you to reach out to me with your questions, your ideas for topics uh, for future episodes. And why don't I uh, start off this first episode with one of our first questions from a follower. Hi, The Allergy Mom. We have a child with a milk allergy. What are your favorite substitutes for dairy in recipes? Thanks for your question. I understand you're looking for dairy substitutes in recipes. Oh my goodness, Kate was diagnosed with her dairy allergy very early on under one year of age. And so it's something that we've been dealing with her entire life. And I know how challenging it can be, especially when dairy is so prevalent in our North American diets. So here are some of the things that we've used to make life a little bit easier and delicious without dairy. For milk substitutes, we typically use rice milk. We really enjoy the flavor of it or the uh, subtlety of the flavor of it, I would say. It's not overpowering. It's very mild. We like vanilla or unsweetened, and we use that with our cereal or really anywhere in place of milk that you would normally use milk. We really like the Imagine brand and use that quite frequently. We also use their coconut milk. Now with coconut milk, you want to be careful to source your coconut milk and make sure there's no traces of nuts. If you're getting it from an Asian country, it's always good to check with the producer, distributor, manufacturer. We use Imagine brand quite frequently as well because that's one that we've found to be safe with our particular allergens. And 
We like a coconut milk for something a little bit creamier, like a curry sauce, or if we're making homemade ice cream or things like that, it's just a little bit uh, fattier and uh, thicker. We've also tried oat, hemp, quinoa, and soy milk. And you can usually get regular uh, unsweetened vanilla or chocolate versions of those. So if you're making something savory, uh, you know, a sauce or pasta dish or something like that, you'll probably use the unsweetened, unflavored versions. For yogurt, we typically have used soy yogurt or coconut yogurt. The soy brand that we uh, really like is Yoso brand. And uh, I've used those often even in baking when you need something like a cream or something a bit thicker or even a yogurt in a recipe, like a lemon pound cake, for example, might call for yogurt. Uh, we would use one of those alternatives as a safe alternative to dairy. For butter, that one's tricky because sometimes you need butter to stay solid at room temperature. Uh, we would typically substitute coconut oil and I really like the Omega Nutrition brand, again, having sourced it and contacted them to make sure it's safe with uh, having nut allergies as well. You wanna be careful. But we really like that brand. And uh, the only thing is if you're making something like an icing, it typically gets very soft and runny at room temperature. So you just have to be mindful of that. If you need something that's gonna hold its form a bit better, you could use a vegan shortening. Um, but we do love coconut oil on things like popcorn. I have something called a whirly pop and we make popcorn with that and it's just absolutely delicious. With sea salt and coconut oil, you do not miss the butter at all. It's my favorite way to eat popcorn. We will use Earth Balance brand margarine or other vegan margarines from time to time. And uh, sometimes we just use oil, especially a really nice high quality olive oil. Uh, is delicious. We would use that with bread in place of butter. I would put olive oil and balsamic vinegar and the kids could dip their bread into that and they really enjoy it. Or just in recipes that called for butter, sometimes in muffins or baking, I would substitute oil in place of that. And I found that it usually works pretty well. And one of the other great things about using olive oil is that olives are actually an excellent source of calcium. So when you're missing out on dairy in your diet, you know, you might not be getting as much calcium as someone who's drinking a lot of milk. And so this is a great way to get calcium back into your diet when you're not eating dairy. I hope that answers your question and do watch out for future episodes where we really dive in deeper to, you know, non-dairy lifestyles and looking at ingredient substitutions and things like that and how to be safe and look at kosher labeling, etc. to avoid dairy in your diet. Thanks again for your question. As we come to the end of this first episode of the Allergy Mom podcast, I want to end off with what I think will be one of my favorite segments in the show, and that's the product or brand spotlight. Each episode, I'm going to choose an allergy-aware business or organization that supports our community with their products or service that make life easier for families with children with food allergies. So for this first episode, I'm going to kick it off with Rad Tags. And I'm really excited to let Robin introduce herself and her business to you, and I hope you will check them out. She's offering a discount uh, at this time for National Allergy and Asthma Awareness Month and is giving 25% off to anyone who's interested in ordering their own medical alert bracelet through Rad Tags. Check it out. Hi, my name is Robin Hoshglobe, and I'm the creator of Rad Tags. Rad Tags 
is the bracelet that lets you express yourself and be known to others. Think of it as a charm bracelet for all. Gender neutral and minimalist in design, everyone can find their style at Radtags. And we're particularly excited about the launch of our new medical RX tag series. No longer is there a need to compromise style for safety. For those living with a health concern that requires attention in an emergency, we've designed these tags just for you. So to all of you and those who care for you, we are excited to bring you Radtags RX. Check it out at radtags.shop. Thanks so much, Robin. Really appreciate you sharing that and really excited for you to those listeners out there to get your Rad Tags code to get your own awesome bracelet. On our next episode, we will be looking at Kate's most serious reaction and I will share the gory details of that day. It was very traumatic, but I think there's a lot of things to be learned and uh, it really was uh, a pivotal point in our lives. I'm also going to share more follower questions, some great life hacks, and lots more. So do tune in. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to have finally gotten this off the ground, and I think there's so much potential to build a community here. So don't hesitate to reach out with your ideas on content, topics, questions, etc., Uh, I want to make this something that you're excited to listen to and really valuable. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Allergy Mom podcast. For more information, recent blog posts, to subscribe to the newsletter and more, be sure to visit theallergymom.com and follow the Allergy Mom on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.